Good afternoon, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, welcome, welcome, uh, cloud lovers and, and telecom lovers. You know, this is the right session to be. So today uh, we're going to speak about uh, AWS and what we do uh, in telecom and how our development in terms of uh, solution, tools, services help the telecom industry to transform. I'm sure that it will be a very interesting session because we're going to have a panel members, you know, with different operators, you know, from US, from Europe, and the rest of the world. So they will, you know, share their experience about their transformation and their journey towards toward the cloud. So I'm Jean-Philippe Poirot, so I, I'm the global head of, um, sorry guys, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the global head of the telecom business for AWS. We just created this year one telecom vertical organization within AWS. In a minute, I will introduce, you know, the different panel members. What we will do today is that I will give you a, a short introduction of uh, what do we do in telecom uh, in AWS. And then uh, I will pass, you know, the floor to the different guys here and they will present themselves, uh, introduce their company, but also introduce their transformation journey towards, you know, the, <coughs> the cloud. Then after that, we'll have a, a Q&A session and uh, feel free, you know, to, to ask questions, you know, at the end of, uh, of this session. So let me back, uh, let me be back and sit down. And guys, thank you so much, you know, for being with us, you know, extremely delighted to uh, have customers, partners, and panel members. So let me introduce each of you. So we have Mahmoud representing uh, Verizon, Pedro representing Vodafone, Frank representing T-System, and, and Neil, can you still hear me? Uh, maybe I take the microphone, so. And, and Neil representing uh, British Telecom BT. Let me, let me share with you uh, a little bit what we are doing, you know, with, uh, within AWS in terms of uh, telecom strategy and telecom vertical. So we just created this vertical organization this year. And it's a very interesting time of the industry. It's a time when cloud, you know, is accelerating, even in telecom, and this guy will share with, uh, with us their view. It's also a time when you have seen probably this morning, we just announced a new uh, solution, which is called Outpost, where we are bringing the cloud to the edge. And it's a time also when the uh, telecom industry is going to launch 5G with uh, high bandwidth, mobility, and low latency use case. This is requiring a lot of changes, and there are mainly six streams that we see as an acceleration of the industry. Uh, the first one is we have seen now an acceleration of data center migration. So most of the operators are starting to stop to invest in their own data center and they are partnering with us uh, for their transformation. So they are moving for sure a lot of their IT workloads, but also media workload to us. And we are facilitating that. We'll come back to that during this presentation with all these guys. Uh, the second part, which is also extremely interesting, we have seen in the last uh, 12 months an acceleration of the ecosystem of software partner, all the ISV, moving you know, to the cloud activity. And um, it's not only in the IT layer, not only the ERP, SAP, uh, Salesforce, or VMware, but we have started to see that you know, our uh, ISV partner in the telecom level at the OSS, BSS, 
even network functions are starting to bring their own software to the cloud. So we've signed a, a very important partnership with Amdocs, we signed a very important partnership with Nokia, and we see the trend now that even the pure telecom software vendors are moving to the cloud, which is probably a new trend that we see at the moment. Uh, the item number three and the item number four are extremely important. It's about data management. You, you saw the announcements that Andy did this morning about database migration, data lake, and AI ML. It's extremely important for the telecom industry to transform, mainly in two directions, using customer data and on top AI ML to improve the customer journey and build a platform that can expose the asset of telecom operators. And we'll see that in the context of 5G and B2B, it will be extremely important to have a very well exposed data platform you know, to the external industry. The other direction we see is about uh, network data and using AIML to optimize processes so that we create more automation for all processes you know, in the telecom network. And this is a trend also that we see at the moment. The next big trend, the next big trend is, is 5G. So 5G, as we said, it will open uh, really high-level bandwidth, low-latency use cases, and if you combine that with cloud services at the edge, we could say that everything which can benefit from cloud will be in the cloud. Everything which can be connected and using low-latency mobility will be connected and use low-latency mobility. So you can think about uh, now many industries which will transform, whether it is manufacturing industry at the edge where they will use much more robotics, they will use 5G connectivity, they will use face recognition to, to, to do fault detection in a factory. You can think about automated car where you will have a flow of data from what is processed in the car, what is processed at the edge, what is processed in the, car, in the cloud. You can think about uh, face recognition at scale for security services. So we'll see a lot of new use cases which will develop. And in AWS, we are going to contribute a lot in a partnership with the operator to facilitate you know, the development of this activity. So last but not least, this is uh, the sixth stream. If you combine all the uh, four, uh, the, sorry, all the five uh, streams that I just described, automatically it will, trigger, it will trigger new opportunity for the telecom operators to develop new business, whether it is B2C, but a lot of B2B transformation, or B2B2C. And we'll come back to that, and this is the partnership we are doing with the operator today. So let me now give the floor to uh, Mahmoud, you know, about Verizon. So tell us more about Verizon, your transformation journey. Sure. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, excited to be here and share our, our story and our, our journey. So just quickly for, I would say, the team here, like the people who are not familiar with Verizon. Verizon is a Fortune, where is this line? Okay, so Verizon is a Fortune 500 company. We're ranked number 16. Our customers paid us $126 billion last year, and they, they want to pay more this year. Uh, we launched, uh, we are the first uh, company to launch uh, 5G in the world, um, and our wireless network covers 98% uh, of, of the U.S. So as you know, we, know uh, uh, we have lots of brands, some of you are familiar with, some of them are consumer brands and uh, enterprise brands, everything like AOL, Oath, Yahoo, Verizon Connect, Tumblr. <coughs> So at Verizon, uh, we are accelerating uh, the pace of uh, innovation. Uh, our mission is to deliver the promise of the digital world. Um, everything rides on, on our network. 
So we're, uh, we're leading, uh, we led in 4G, and right now we're leading the fourth uh, industrial revolution uh, with 5G. And we're doing all of this uh, basically to empower humans to do more. <clears throat> On the global technology solutions, this is the new rebranded name for IT. So our winning aspiration is to create products and services that our customers and employees love, be the destination for world-class technology talent, and be the investment and innovation center for the company. Our transformation journey is, at, uh, is a multi-year and, and massive scale. Uh, our mission is to enable uh, technology excellence, so always enabling and, and pushing, I would say, shaping the market to deliver uh, newer, modern technologies. Um, and as we do all of this, we've, our focus is always on to improve efficiency, uh, speed, and innovation of our business for, for our customers. We put lots of work on scaling emer emerging technologies like AI, ML, RPA, chatbots, and so all of leveraging all of these to differentiate our customer experience and, and, and enable uh, the business to win. AWS is a key component of our journey of, of transformation. We basically leveraging, we, this is where we wanted to decide where we want to spend our energy. So we decided to spend our energy by focusing on creating more value for our customers. So this is leveraging AWS to from, from a cloud kind of a perspective and cloud services to accelerate our digital transformation, provide on-demand scalability and reliability, help us accelerate our uh, application modernization, and we're doing all of this, when you think about it, to, uh, to build a culture of experimentation for, for our business. Uh, because everything is elastic and on demand, our business can, can uh, we, and, and technology and the business, can experiment faster. Because the winning, uh, winning the game is about experimenting faster, failing fast, and experimenting as much as possible. Also, another key advantage in, like, we're looking as part of uh, AWS is to uh, leverage more open source technology, especially in the database space like you heard from Andy this morning. So we started the journey in 2016, and this is where we did an assessment for our workloads, and, and we made the decisions on what workloads goes where. And then 2017, I would say we spent lots of time, we did all of the uh, engineering work, and, uh, and we did lots of uh, automation, and uh, we turned on all of, I would say, we used the cloud for all of non-production workloads, and we made the cloud ready for, for production. This year, we, our mission was like public cloud first. So any new business we're starting, or any new application to, to be developed, every, it was happening in AWS. And we did lots of migration as well. Next year is an inflection point in, in migration. We're doing mass migration uh, to AWS next year for most of our workloads. And the idea is by end of next year, we'll have the AWS as a default uh, kind of a data center. So we're shifting from public cloud first this year into Public cloud is the default, meaning everything will be running uh, in, in AWS in 2020 plus. <clears throat> As we go forward, uh, I would say push forward, our ambition of the future is to unleash the art of the possible with 5G. Uh, you heard from, from JP, uh, 5G is key. I would say 5G is gonna allow us to, to lead the, the fourth industrial revolution. There'll be many components that will happen with 5G. I would say with 5G, it will enable three main use cases. Um, one is uh, it will enable very high th capacity, high kind of data rate volumes that any network today cannot support. The second item, 5G will enable, will have 
sub, like single digit millisecond latency, and that uh, will enable ultra uh, reliable low latency applications. This is like, think about autonomous cars, think about robotics, and so all of these will be enabled in 5G. And the third item that 5G will enable is high density uh, connectivity. Uh, this is like in the IoT space. It'll enable th uh, 1000X uh, what uh, today's networks uh, can, can support. So these are the three main use cases, and these three use cases will power the f fourth uh, industrial revolution. At the same time, um, as part of 5G, there'll be mobile edge uh, compute, um, and the mobile edge compute will also, will have our network is getting virtualized our, uh, with mobile edge. Uh, will, the idea is to empower developers uh, with Mac and a programmable network. Um, at the same time, everything we're doing is to this will also revolutionize our customer's experience. Our key objective is to continue to provide unparalleled quality of service across our products and services, is to personalize our customer's experience to be one-on-one -on -one, uh, versus clusters. So we're shifting from clusters to one-on-one -on -one personalization and by leveraging all the, I would say, capabilities and more investing in emerging technologies and, and cloud. How's that for an introduction? Azif, this is very good. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed, you know, and, and we thank you so much for the partnership. Thank you. Pedro. Hello, good afternoon. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, to be here and to talk about what we have been doing on Vodafone. Um, let me start by giving an overview of what is Vodafone. Um, I'll start by explaining what is Vodafone Group, because again, Vodafone is a, is a large telecommunications group. Um, we are present in 25 countries. Um, we have partnerships with another 47 um, operators, because we have, a partners, uh, we have a partner model where we partner with a lot of other telecom operators around the world. Um, again, that leads to 535 million customers. Again, in terms of revenue, 41 billion. And I think it, that gives a, a view of the size of, of Vodafone as a group. Um, I think that we have a lot of KPIs that we track as a group. There is one that I think is especially relevant in this audience. Again, we have a target to migrate 65 of our applications into the cloud by 2020. Um, and again, it's something that we are all working very uh, aggressively towards too. Um, because I'm the CIO of Vodafone in the UK, to also give a bit of perspective what is um, Vodafone in the UK. Um, again, 22 million customers. We've started as a mobile operator only. Again, we, have a, a, we like to call it a history of first, the first mobile network in the UK, the first mobile call, the first text message. Um, but with the acquisition of cable and wireless, which was a big international network in 2012, uh, we have also started to move into the enterprise fixed space and into the fixed space. Um, and we are now the UK fast, fastest growing broadband provider in the UK. Of course, we started uh, our broadband business two years ago, uh, but we are now working in towards convergence and towards offering to our customers a convergent offer. Again, 5G, again, we are, we'll, we want to maintain, again, the history of firsts. Um, not saying anything else, but I think that 5G is, of course, going to be one of our priorities next, next year. And I think that's something that probably not in a lot of countries, but still in the UK is, again, FTTH. We are working very aggressively to move towards FTTH because, again, the, I think that uh, that's clearly something that our customers are demanding. 
In terms of our transformation and focusing on what we have been doing on the cloud, our journey to the cloud and uh, especially into AWS started uh, more or less four or five years ago. And that came out of necessity of a big transformation program that we were doing. Um, and it came out of necessity of more flexibility into all of the testing and development environments. Um, so more or less at that time, that's when we started our journey towards AWS by creating all of our test and development environments. Uh, the only environments at that point in time that were not on the cloud were either the performance testing environments, for obvious reasons, uh, and the production environments which were still on permanent. Uh, that was basically the work through the 2015, 2016. Um, although initially we started working on the cloud on an isolated mode, then through, through 2015 we started integrating them and, the, and that's when we connected to our internal data centers um, to start really making end-to-end in, in, -end integrated testings with either the network or the, the remaining of the applications uh, that were not on the, on the cloud environments. And then in 2017, that's probably when we did our biggest jump to start going into production. Um, to be honest with you, that was initially not as planned as it might look. Again, it was out of necessity. We had a problem uh, with the, the providers of one of the applications where it was hosted. And basically, we decided we need to get out. We have one week to get out of the existing provider. Uh, it was the platform that supports our My Vodafone app. Uh, so it has a couple of million of users every single day. Uh, and basically, in one week, we created the production environment. All the tests, dev and, and including the production environment, and we started the migration. So that probably led us to the fact, okay, maybe this is also ready for production now. And that's when we started to develop uh, a lot of our new uh, platforms going straight into the cloud. So all of our digital transformation, we are completely rebuilding our digital, in, our digital state is already going natively on AWS because we are doing it from scratch. It goes natively into AWS. And our new eShop that we are building, we launch a Voxy, uh, sorry, we launch a youth brand. And again, all of that has only done, it only exists on the cloud. Um, we also started to migrate some of the Lexi applications. Sometimes we do a bit of refactoring. A lot of times we just do a bit of lift and shift. And what we are currently working now is more in terms of analytics, so complementing all of these with analytics. So some years ago, we implemented a big data into our internal data centers. Um, we are now considering, and we are now a, a, actually doing a project to migrate that into a public cloud environment. We are in the UK, we are currently doing that on AWS. Uh, we are also completely re replacing our network analytics platform to do all the performance and monitoring of, all, of our mobile network, and that is now going into AWS. So it has been really a journey uh, that are now to starting on the dev and test environments and then going all the way into production. And again, I think that now all of my team, whenever we have a new project, everybody, again, just is now is not something that I have to fight in terms of culture to go into AWS, to go into public cloud. I think that it, it's something that we are actively um, moving into AWS. Um, we are also integrating very closely with our data center team because again, some, a lot of these environments nowadays, they are managed by the same team that manage our own perm environments uh, so that we can really not create a close collaboration between the teams that either do 
all the cloud implementations and the teams that still manage all the on-premise de deployments that we have. A couple of things that we learned throughout the journey, again, um, I became especially concerned on the first point uh, when we started actually migrating some production environments into the cloud because it was so easy to create new environments that uh, we clearly understood that if we don't get cost under control, this is going to be a, a massive pain um, and a massive problem. Uh, and what we have done two years ago, we've created a team that is constantly reviewing what we have on the cloud looking for instances that are oversized, instances, I don't know, dead instances that for some reason uh, we are not using any anymore, uh, storage that is not being used, and just cleaning up. And it's something that every single month they come and present, okay, this month we save, sometimes it's like 2,000 pounds per month, uh, sometimes it's 50,000 pounds per month, uh, but again, it's something that we do it on a continuous basis. Uh, always look at uh, our, our state and now we can optimize because the teams that are creating the environment, sometimes they go, they are a bit optimistic in terms of the volumes. So we need, let's say, somebody to go afterwards, always doing the cleanup and doing the optimization. I hope, I hope that you, you got a lot of new ideas this morning with all the services we yes. launched. So. <laughs> yes, any tools that can help us on that, it's, 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 also, it's also very important. Another thing, again, when we started, we probably, I would say that we did not thought so much on how this would scale. We probably did not anticipate the success that we would have with the, with, the, with the migration to the public cloud. So probably halfway through the journey, we had to really rethink our architecture on how we build environments on the cloud. Automation, because again, it started to go really, really big. Um, and again, that uh, we have to rethink a lot how we automate a lot of the things that we've done. And again, um, how to create standards, uh, how to make sure that uh, the things that we learn in one project are moving to the next project. Uh, and so that's, that's also one of the reasons why we also created a COE that basically makes sure that all of those learnings are shared across all of, all of the different projects. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So. Frank, we are very interested by your view because you are across many industries, so this system is not only serving telecom, you are one of the first uh, players also around some stack like SAP, so tell us more. Yeah, so thanks a lot also for the invitation and don't be afraid, I have only one slide with me, so I don't need too long. Um, so I'm running the cloud business for Deutsche Telekom and T-Systems. So if we talk about Deutsche Telekom, it's, as you can hear in the name, Originally, it was the telecom for Germany. In the meantime, we have a global footprint, so T-Mobile US, as an example, which is a, huge, a big fuel footprint into the US, but as well, we have a lot of other telco and IT companies uh, around the globe. So if we talk about cloud, we are talking about two dimensions. One is our internal transformation, and the second is the external transformation, because uh, the second specialty here we have is that I'm running also the cloud business for T-Systems, which is a large SI for, for about 6 billion million revenue. And we are, for example, one of the largest uh, SAP hosting provider traditionally. That means our data center are not only for internal use, they're also heavily used for external IP, IT business for our clients. Uh, and we have also introduced public cloud first for both dimensions, for the internal one, as well as for the external one, because you cannot sell something to a client if you use by your own the old stuff. This is not a good sales story. 
And for sure, if you talk about customer experience, uh, customer experience you can only provide if you provide uh, the future way of BSS and OSS systems to get the customer experience as needed. Um, if you look historically, and I think that's also an interesting point uh, you may be interested in is, uh, if we talk about the maturity of the cloud, and especially the public cloud business, which is the real cloud from my point of view, then for sure we are really advanced into US with T-Mobile US, as you can see onto the booths and also with a lot of references. We are also advanced if it comes to our clients who are in advanced industries like retail, for example. Uh, if you talk about the German market specific, our internal news, we have started as well, public cloud story, but we still working on some items which, which are specific on Central Europe, but for example, data privacy and things are still something we are working on because we have uh, to do a lot of data privacy rules and fulfill a lot of data privacy rules. Therefore, there is as well a public cloud transformation, but if you compare that to, to mobile US, it's really more advanced. Uh, and the second thing is really what, what we see, and therefore I'm really here on, and learn a lot what the T-Mobile US colleagues are doing. You, you have to reach a certain level, a tipping point, and if you reach that tipping point, you can really see how fast then uh, public clouds start to get momentum. And that's also what we see within our internal IT. Uh, and for example, therefore, I, I, I like your chart. The starting point is always a discussion about cost savings. But for me, public cloud isn't about cost savings at all. It has to be <laughs> as the base, but uh, the real, real reasons are all the new features we have seen, for example, today, because uh, you cannot build a future business in telco and IT, also if it comes to 5G and stuff like that, if you cannot use the functionality of the public cloud. So I'm totally convinced that we have just started the journey, especially in Europe, but we in front of a cloud tsunami and therefore we are very happy that we have this partnership with Amazon uh, to do the transformation internal, but as well uh, with our clients, for example, all the SAP business where we currently so see that clients moving that onto public clouds now. So one slide as promised, therefore I would now like to hand over to my colleague. Thank you. Neil, tell us about BT. Great. So uh, all our slides are similar, so I thought I'd focus on not having any slides. Um, <coughs> that's it. Um, we're, we're all in similar journeys. Uh, from a BT point of view, obviously we are um, very focused on leadership in the UK um, through experience supported by our investment and leadership that we're aiming for in terms of 5G and in terms of fiber. Uh, we're also focused on um, leadership working with multinational corporates around the world, and so we have a presence in pretty much every market around the world. Um, and so um, from that, that really is focused on listening to our customers. That's the first thing. I think the drive to cloud is really taking on board the feedback from all of our customers about how do we increase pace, how do we introduce more innovation, um, and transform the experience for our customer. That's where it comes from. Um, so to that point, our cloud journey started four years ago, um, very much listening to our customers about what they wanted us to focus on. And uh, within that, our, our relationship with AWS, I think, started three years ago. Um, 
because our customers said, we really want you to be really clear about the ecosystem in which you work. So from that, our journey is very much uh, similar to uh, something that Frank mentioned, is very much split between our internal journey and our external journey. Um, the two are obviously linked, but I think in terms of our internal journey, very similar to some of the points that the gentlemen have already mentioned. Um, and uh, my colleagues in EE uh, are doing some amazing things, as well as in all of our lines of business around the cloud and with various partners, especially AWS. Um, but I think the key thing, I guess the learning in terms of our journey isn't so much about the what, it's about the how as well. Um, and with our big drive to um, implementing Agile in the way we develop our products and services, that's the real kind of big learning is that this is one element of a big cultural change. The other part is then in terms of external. Um, and we have spent a lot of time talking to our customers about their journey to the cloud. Uh, we run an advisory board with all of our top customers around the world, which I chair. And uh, that gives us a huge amount of insight about the common challenges. Um, and so we talk to our customers about what the key challenges are and what role they want to see us play in that. Um, and so we see the commonality of challenge and opportunity be very consistent across industry. Um, but also as customers go through these journeys, the issues and the opportunities are very similar as well. And so when I look at um, both the journey, both internal but especially external, we see the key opportunity around that journey to the cloud in terms of security, in terms of the role of the network, and in terms of the way services need to be delivered. And I think some of my colleagues have already mentioned some of that. But I think firstly, in terms of security, I would say you know, we have a, a huge security practice, and we're very much focused on an overall holistic architecture approach for security for the cloud. Uh, we don't believe it's about tools. The world has a proliferation of security tools, and every vendor's trying to ask you to buy more. Um, and we can't keep just buying more tools, can we? And so I think we're all having to rethink the security architecture and how is that pervasive and fit for purpose for a world in which you're consuming services rather than managing assets. So that's one part. The second part we're focused on is the role of the network. Um, because the internet isn't always the be or an end all. And also there are different ways in which we can all use, optimize and leverage the internet as well. And so it's very much focused really on what's the experience. It's very easy to deliver a great experience where we have mature infrastructure, where you manage the last mile. It's easy, as we all know, to do that. It's far harder when you have a focus on experience for a global enterprise delivering cloud wherever they want users to be with a great experience. And as we see customers and organizations, both us ourselves as well as our clients, scaling what they do, we're seeing that there is a significant new opportunity and need to address how you deal with that complexity and how you do it in a way in which is compliant and builds trust between IT and between the actual the lines of business who are demanding the services. And so we see that as a, a, a huge area of evolution over the next two or three years moving forward. And so we've put a lot of time and effort working with AWS on innovation, working through our labs, <coughs> looking at those challenges of cloud at scale. And that's where I see the real opportunity of collaboration in an ecosystem over the next couple of years. I also think it requires us to innovate together as well. 
you know, the great thing about the telecoms industry is we have a great history of collaborating. Fellow Kutman Mude, you know, his business and mine, we demonstrated a 5G network slice federated between the UK and the US a few months ago, where <coughs> you were managing the drone fleet, and the drone fleet was running in London. And that just shows what low latency guaranteed service across two federated 5G networks could create in terms of potential of services and also some of the need to deal with some of that complexity. So, you know, it creates real interesting opportunities to continue to involve that ecosystem to deliver services in a new way. And I think we'll all need to work in different ways to make that happen. Hopefully we'll all agree. Um, and so I think just to finish, the key thing is all about making sure we're clear from BT's point of view is outside in thinking, focus on the customer challenge and how we bring these different assets and ecosystems together to solve both what we needed to do internally for our IT transformation so that we can enable that agile way in which we deliver services to support our customers' um, drive to using cloud to drive that change in the pace and agility want, uh, they want in the business. Not forgetting that security it can be the biggest challenge, it can be the biggest barrier, and how many times do people find that everything works brilliantly until you have to wait three weeks for a firewall change? Not that that's ever happened, obviously, I understand. Um, but it just shows that end-to-end -end thinking, I think, means that if we focus on that, we can deliver real change and opportunity and a far better experience for all of our customers. Thank you, Neil. Let me take the clicker. So let's go back a little bit to uh, when we started about the different domains. So we discussed a little bit uh, transformation, migration of data center. We had a discussion about what is happening also from the ISV. So what we are doing at the moment within AWS is also to package more uh, ready to consume solution with different ISV. We touch base to customer experience, automation. We discussed with 5G and then the B2B business. But let me ask you, uh, different question, guys. So you are in the US, you are you know, covering different parts of the world. So there is a difference probably in terms of uh, speed of transformation. So what, what could be done you know, to accelerate uh, the speed of transformation in Europe and outside US? Shall I go first since I've got the mic? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I would say when, <clears throat> when we first did our press release with AWS two years ago, uh, the biggest thing I caused internally was a huge training demand. Everybody wanted to get trained. And so I would say there's a huge journey to take people on in terms of both understanding, both in terms of the whole ecosystem of people like AWS and realizing that in terms of the potential. So I think there is skills um, and changing people's mindset about how we think differently about service creation for the future. That for me is the be all and that is the fundamental thing. If we can drive that challenge and that opportunity, um, then it's great. I mean, we've been training hundreds of people, as you know, um, in AWS skills. And uh, that's, that's critical to, to drive in this stuff because you need that insight, don't you? But. Um, I think that I would, I would reinforce that point because, again, if I think about all the new workloads, um, they natively go onto the cloud, and that's typically not a problem for us. Um, I think that uh, there are a couple of things that are always on the way of moving things faster. Uh, one of them, I think, that is when we talk about public cloud, is the word public. A lot of people still get very worried about that word public. Uh, and so security, it becomes a real of um, 
roadblock until people understand that, first of all, uh, nowadays uh, security is not just a problem on the public or on premises. I think that there are lots of discussions where the problem is bigger, um, but I think that it's something that we need to embed since the beginning. Uh, it's probably some, an area where we need more collaboration and more training also from the big public cloud providers like AWS, because I think that there is still a bit of unknown from our own internal security teams on how to handle security on the public cloud environment. Um, and that is related with the things that we do natively on the, on, on the cloud as a start. Then there is all the migration, and the migration is probably where sometimes it's just lift and shift, and that process is still probably not as slick as it could be. I still think that uh, that process can still be optimized, and I think that we need to find ways of making that process much more optimized, because unfortunately, we have to run, I think that probably all of us have to run with huge amounts of legacy, pro for sure much more than what we wanted. Too much for me. <laughs> uh, and uh, I think that we need to find a way of making lift and shift, uh, because if we really want to start uh, closing data centers or really moving massive uh, loads to uh, public cloud, we need to uh, address the, the legacy migrations as much as possible. Frank. Yeah, I think there is, a, in theory, a very easy one, in practical terms, a very difficult one. I think uh, digital business is global business, so we should have uh, global rules and global sets, and as long as every country has a different rule set, uh, it will be difficult. So, And it's not only if you compare US with Europe, it's also we are, I'm currently rolling out a, a cloud solution across all of our Eastern Europe countries, and every country still have a different rule set, and this makes really to build one solution and roll it out globally very difficult. So if you work on that as Amazon as well, this will help us heavily. <laughs> and would you want to give uh, any advice based on your experience? You have started the journey probably a little bit earlier, so sure. any also experience that you can share with the other guy? Absolutely. Uh, I would say our our transformation has like four main pillars. The first one is enabling technology excellence. And so enabling all these modern technologies like cloud, cloud native, API, AI, ML, and, and especially go back, going back to cloud. So one of the key things we had to do, I would say a couple of things from setting up the guardrails for, for, the, for the development teams. So one, we made sure we have the security team is with us up front. And we made sure that the security team is an engineering team, meaning sort of developers. So we built, uh, our, with our C, partnering with our CISO, we built a developer kind of engineering team on the security side, and, and they've been with us since the beginning of the journey. So they automated all the security controls uh, for, for the cloud. So that has been a key, I would say, big, a good investment and is paying lots of dividends. I would argue people are worried about the public cloud. Um, my argument has been public cloud is more secure because it has the tooling that allows you to do all the detect and protect and, re and fix in real time. <laughs> right, the other things from an audit perspective, also make sure there is an advisory control board with the audit team from the beginning of the program. Because this whole movement to the public cloud is a kind of a transformation of thinking, different way of working. So more of the, I would say, all the teams who are usually would come in, people like, Think about them at the end. I think you, when you think about them up front, it pays lots of dividends in moving faster later. It's like slowing down to move fast, and I think that that has been key. The second pillar, I would say, is like investing in the, in the team and building deep expertise into these technologies we're enabling. So this is where we're establishing. At the beginning, we, we wanted to have 
10% of the team, like to have a sustainable movement, you need 10% of the team to be a believer. And to be a believer, the proxy for that for us was to be, have AWS certification. Uh, so last year we wanted to have a thousand people certified. We did like more than thousand. Right now we have more than 1,700 people certified in AWS. In parallel, we built immersion centers. We call them dojos. So in these immersion centers, we, we have like five, six coaches with 40 seats. The, the application teams can come in. They want to move their application to the cloud. We help them. They want to transform to microservices, API. So we, this is how we build deep expertise into these technologies we're, we're enabling. And the third one is we wanted to change the way we work. What we call it from a project-based, meaning I'm done with my coding, I'm done, my job is done, I'm, I did my testing, I deployed my code, to outcome-based, what you also call product-based, meaning the entire team, the business and IT or GTS are working together to move the needle on the business, on the business results. It doesn't matter. This is what at Amazon you guys call it the two pizza team. So that is the third pillar. And the fourth pillar is we wanted to create, uh, to scale our engineering practices, we wanted to create internal communities. So these internal communities basically make sure everybody's, uh, we're not building fiefdoms, like everybody. So how do you do sharing? How do you do all the way from internal kind of open sourcing for key components, for architectures? Uh, how do you go share the practice? We have DevOps Days is an industry event. We have an internal one at Verizon every other month. We have it in a, in a different uh, city. Uh, we get people in internally and externally to come in and speak and kind of ignite uh, people's uh, sharing what they've been doing and, and get people to think differently about the stuff. So, so it's like you have to fire on all cylinders to drive to accelerate the, this kind of transformation. So technology is key, but that's uh, technology enough is, is not alone. And selecting the right partners is, is also key as well. Thank you. So thank you, Mahmoud. Thank you, uh, guys. So one more question about um, database and, and AIML. So you saw again this morning uh, on the announce a lot of investments that we are doing on our own database on facilitating migration. We are investing a lot, you know, around Data Lake. We are investing a lot on AIML. So we, we believe that uh, it's an area which is extremely key for you to be prepared, especially as 5G will you know, open the door, you know, to much more partnerships. So do you want to comment about, you know, database migration, data lake, AIML, how do you use that for customer journey automation? Sure, happy to start. I would say you heard Andy this morning mentioning our uh, kind of partnership on migrating of database. Uh, as part of our kind of, uh, again, going back to business case, this whole thing is about accelerating the speed of innovation, but at the same time, you have to be efficient because our, our focus on efficiency, speed, and innovation, so all three. Historically, you only needed two to win. Now you have to need all three. So getting out of commercial software is a key part of our transformation. So this is the partnership we struck with AWS. We worked on it for, for a couple of years, but at the beginning of this year, we, both of us kind of embarked on getting out of commercial databases and migrating to Postgres on Aurora and, and MySQL. Uh, and I think the, that is, there's lots of work to be done, but uh, that, uh, that is key part of our transformation, uh, and that's key part of, uh, everybody says, lock-in, cloud lock-in. Uh, so the migration to open source, I would say that is a key part of our transformation, especially on the database side. So I appreciate the partnership. Uh, we've been working with Raju and team, with Dan and team, and Todd and team. So lots of good work. Uh, that's a key part of uh, our transformation. And thank you for that. Neil or Frank, or do you want to comment on yeah, I mean, this, this, this data topic is a huge topic for us because we are creating such, such a lot of data. 
and as a telco, we still think the whole time what to do with all the data <laughs> and how to monetize the data. So we are heavily in investing into data lakes and, and we have something announced also for the external market called Data Intelligence Hub. Um, and, uh, and I like, like really the announcements on the morning because we have two, two or three topics on to that. Forget the legal one at the moment, how we are allowed to utilize data. But it's also how easy is it to, to use uh, all these new features. And this is a, a big st a step forward from my point of view. And the second is, and we had a discussion outside, how many people do we really have in the companies who can utilize uh, the power of, of, of machine learning, of, of artificial intelligence. And as easier we make the foundation, which is the technology to use, as easier from my point of view is that we really can then also utilize the data topic, but I think this is by far one of the hottest topics we have if we talk about how to utilize the data and how to build new business models with the client onto that, yeah. I mean, the one thing I, w I would add is we're all data businesses at the end of the day, aren't we? And data is the big challenge for us. But I think what we're tr certainly trying to do from a data point of view is to re unlock the value of data in our business. And you know, one example of there is trying to look at a lot more of the passive data that we have within the business to use different tools to realize that and then look at how do we get visibility and correlation around that so we can move towards in many of our areas of our business, preemptive maintenance. So we're already doing um, a, a series of projects doing, looking at correlation for preemptive maintenance so that we can predict when something's gonna fail before it's gonna fail. Um, and that's delivered us quite a significant uplift in terms of our uh, customer experience for many of our customers around the world. And I think we're only just at the start of that journey. Um, and hopefully we can use some of these different tools and techniques in a more and more agile way to look at these very specific use cases in our businesses. So, you know, it's very exciting to see some of the things that, you know, the myriad of announcements that AWS have announced uh, over this week and uh, be interested to see how we can really use this with some of those teams to realize that value. Um, I think that on, in terms of the AI and ML and automation, I think that that's probably one of the areas where you'll see a lot coming from. And again, I don't think it's just on the chatbots. Again, all of us are probably doing chatbots nowadays. And again, uh, that's probably going to be um, the, 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 the new way going forward in terms of, um, of customer service. Uh, but also in terms of AI, you mentioned some examples of in terms of predictive maintenance. Uh, even in terms of our networks, we, we, we are using AI to try to predict when, I don't know, capacity upgrades are needed, when incidents are going to occur and act before that. And we can see already a reduction in trend of the number of incidents um, due to that. Um, also on the IT space, again, there is a lot of things that you can do with automation. Again, and if you have to start, start with basic stuff. We have a tagline that if something can be done by machine, should be done by machine. Uh, some of the basic tasks like uh, the disks, uh, a disk space is running low on on um, on, uh, on free space, automatically add space and uh, just to keep the system going. There is no reason why a human needs to be um, used on that type of processes. Um, and again, it's just 
much more on how you predict that those things are needed and exactly what is the action that needs to, to be executed. That will basically, every time that you, instead of having a human, you have a machine, not only is cheaper, but the quality typically increases because the machine, if the human that programmed them did not make a mistake, will not make a mistake. Thank you. And just one last comment on my side. I will not ask question about uh, this, but uh, as you probably learned this morning, we, we just announced uh, the pre-launch of uh, Outpost, which is a mini data center at the edge covering extremely well what will be needed for 5G. It will enable, you know, the industry uh, to uh, load, you know, application at the edge, you know, opening the door to new use cases. But it's extremely unique what we have done in AWS because this mini data center at the edge is completely linked to the cloud with the same orchestration layer, enabling load balancing in a very efficient way. So extremely unique solution that uh, I'm sure that uh, the whole industry will speak about, you know, in the coming months. So if you guys, you know, for the audience, you, you would like to ask questions, please come, uh, you know, up front to the microphone and the door, you know, the, the floor is yours, so. Thank you. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, my name is John Cupid. I'm a principal solution architect with uh, uh, AWS's uh, uh, Global Telecom Alliance team. Let me assert that JP is not paying me to uh, ask any questions that, are, that would embarrass you or anything like that. Um, my question is, I was struck during your discussions that really none of you talked about the need for an event-driven platform because when you look at automation, particularly as you begin to automate manufacturing processes and things like that, you have shallow events and deep events and those processes that you need feedback from an event-driven platform in order to drive that process. So what I would like to ask is, A, what, what is each of your vision on what this event-driven platform would look like? Where would it be placed uh, in the context of the network infrastructure? And, and, and what are some of the key features that that platform would need to address in order to facilitate the amount of uh, automation that, you know, that, that appears to be key to your transformations moving forward? So now, thank you. This is a very embarrassing question. So, <laughs> one of you, you guys, you know, you want to uh, you want to answer to that? I think that much more than what platform and where it's located. I think that it's much more about the processes. Uh, it's much about much more about creating the culture of people using data uh, to try to optimize the process and try to automate as much as possible. I think that, again, if we wanted even on-premises, we could have like those type of platforms working. Uh, it's not that it needs to be on the public cloud. I think that it's one of those platforms that can leverage the public cloud like any other. We take one, one more question. Yeah. Anthony from Asgata Group. Uh, my question is on uh, the IT stack for BSS. How many of you have moved your IAN OCS or rating into the cloud or plan to? What, uh, moved what? We didn't hear the moved uh, what? The IN, OCS, or the rating onto cloud. You mean the OSS, network OSS functions? BSS. BSS parts. BSS rating. Either the intelligent network part or uh, BSS for billing or rating the cloud. 
I would say our, our cloud tra transformation, we first started with all of our non-production workloads, now doing production workloads. So for production, the idea is to start with systems of engagement, then systems of records w will follow. And you think about it like you start first year of system of engagement, then the year after you start with the systems of, of records. And also a system of records where you have all the database migration. So, so that's where we are in, in the journey right now. Um, one good example that we are currently migrating at the moment is our mobile network performance monitoring and the performance measurement. Um, so again, which is typically an OSS type function and that is now at the moment going into AWS. I can also comment on that. So uh, as, we, uh, as I said at the beginning, we have signed a very particular partnership you know, with Amdocs uh, as well. So we, we see a trend of an acceleration of the migration to uh, of the BSS BSS stack, you know, to the cloud, and it's available at the moment. We have already signed different deals, and so it's uh, it's an acceleration that we see uh, as we speak. Please. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Alfredo Santana. I work in Millicom. In regards to the external transformation that Amazon, uh, AWS has allowed you guys to do before 5G. Uh, what new revenue streams in terms of B2B products have you been able to bring to market faster with the AWS uh, platform? With 5G? No, without 5G. Just before going to 5G, anything that you've worked because of your digital transformation with AWS that they have allowed you to provide those new products uh, to market? Also, we have a strong partnership with, uh, just talking about the, from a B2B perspective, we have strong partnership from our networks, uh, so uh, we are like making sure our customers can use our network services, like we have SCI, which is Secure Cloud Interconnect, that connects to kind of uh, enable our cus enterprise customers to connect safely and securely and quickly to AWS, that's one key. From an IoT perspective, we have a partnership also with, uh, we have an IoT platform that integrates well uh, with, uh, with AWS from a, in empowering developers to develop it's like a B2B2C kind of a solution. Uh, I would say these are two that come to mind immediately. Uh, you have other solutions like with Sensity, allow allowing smart monitoring for like smart cities and and like from a parking parking space and making smart cities. So these are some key uh, solutions that we already have in, in, uh, in AWS. I think just I'd add two things. One I'd see um, around the whole drive within Telco around the use of things like SD-WAN. Um, in that we see cloud or AWS as an extension of a software-defined network. And so we'll, we already have virtual endpoints and other th things and controllers already running in the, in the cloud in, in AWS. And so we see that fundamental um, merging of the domains as being a key way of delivering much better service to customers. So I think the whole cloud and network and domains are coming together from that um, SD-WAN type initiative. Um, and the second part is um, from a security point of view. We've put a number of security solutions on, on AWS around the world um, because they've allowed us to get much higher amounts of flexibility, uh, much more adaptability into a very big data lake driven type cybersecurity platforms. And, and we've done that very successfully in certain parts of the world. And, and those things where you really need the flexibility of the of the, of the scale of an AWS we see as having real potential. But that's two examples of, ha of how we see of, you know, AWS being an extension of just the way we deliver services in an integrated way. One more question. Hi, uh, Vivek Matre, AT&T. Uh, question about EPC packet core. 
any of these mobility packet core elements, do you see 4C putting them on uh, public cloud? What are the challenges or do you think it's too early? They don't know yet, they don't know yet, but uh, I, what I can say I that also on, on, the packet <laughs> core, on the packet core, we have seen from the beginning of this year an acceleration. So uh, we start to have packet core now running extremely well, you know, on, on AWS. Uh, we have already materialized, materialized some deals and we, we see a trend, you know, which is, uh, which is progressing. We have partnered with most of the uh, software players, you know, whether it is Nokia, Ericsson, uh, and different other players. To, de to develop you know, the solution, um, it's, it's really progressing in a, in a very positive way. Thank you. Big question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more question. So, uh, hi, uh, did you see any resistance from the development teams and its leadership to move the legacy applications to the cloud? And uh, how did you prioritize the cloud work along with other workloads that you know, they are working on? So your question was, how do we prioritize moving things to the cloud? Yeah, right. Do you see any resistance from the teams to move, to the, move the legacy workloads to the cloud? Well, I think, um, I think in one of yesterday's talks, they showed how to, how to do application mapping, prioritization, and uh, to do that assessment. One, one of the big challenges in any big company, and especially us, I suspect, is actually just knowing what applications you've got. Um, so I think, firstly, making sure you've got application discovery and visibility in place is kind of useful to know what you've got. And then secondly, I mean, we use a pretty standard methodology and approach, working with partners and others to look at, you know, the, the workload, the goal, the options, the migration path. I mean, it's pretty, pretty standard how we've done it. Um, and obviously, putting new applications in the cloud is a lot easier than migrating some of the existing ones. Um, and, the, and the key for us is to make sure that the case stands up. You know, there's a clear financial case, but also there's an experience benefit in that as well in terms of the service creation. I would say, just one more, I would say it's a yin and a yang, right? So one, the developer, we call the public cloud program is developer freedom because they can go do, they're in full kind of charge of their destiny to create value for their customers. And so it's a, a budget exercise, it's allocating capacity to the same way you allocate capacity to grow the business, you allocate capacity to transform uh, your, uh, your applications and your infrastructure, and it's a kind of capacity allocation exercise. From one side, it is a, the development teams should feel that it's gonna allow them to move faster, better, and cheaper. And I think that one point I'll add is, if you combine that on a legacy application with the infrastructure renewal point, I'll say that the business case comes almost for free because if we have to go and act on the infrastructure, if we're going to have to work on an application to migrate it to a new platform because the, the current one is end of life, if you combine that point in time, I think that the business case is pretty simple. We have one minute for one last question. Hi, my name is Evli Kwonik. I'm uh, leading uh, the MDOCS Cloud Center of Excellence for the past four years. Uh, first, JP, I uh, concur, humbly concur with the importance of uh, Outpost. Already creates lots of noisy within uh, Amdocs. Um, the question to the panelists, uh, mostly related to VMC, but also to uh, Outpost, 
Have any of you uh, first plan or already planning investigating? Second, uh, commercial databases in that uh, context. Any of you analyzed implications of commercial database on VMC outpost or both technical wise and commercial legal wise? I think the question is on outpost. Is any of us planning to use it or whatnot, right? And, and uh, VMware on Amazon on the public side. Post. Sure, I'll, I'll give you a quick one. I would say as part of our journey, one of the things we have today on-prem is a, is a SQL Server cluster on-prem. As we shrink our SQL Server footprint, there still be, as, and based on the timelines, there still be an opportunity to have a SQL Server cluster, smaller one, in AWS. It's cheaper to have it on VMC than to have it on standalone in AWS. So that's, I would say, a unique case to leverage VMware in, on AWS. At the same time, uh, today we have VMware on-prem, so now we have to look at the economics and like, how do you kind of uh, streamline your uh, your internal data center? Are there, is, is it better, faster, and cheaper? So we just came out today. We have to look at it and explore explore that opportunity further. So thank you so much. Uh, a round of applause for our <laughs> partner, customer. Thank you, guys. <laughs>